0: Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company,
1: Golden, Colorado.
0: When's the last time you danced on a table? Never in my life. Never. Oh my God. All right, let's go out (laughs) when this is all over. (laughs) Welcome to Spinsters, a podcast where we love Aries like Kyrie Irving. Happy Aries season. I'm
1: Haley O'Shaughnessy. I'm a recovering basketball writer. I'm Jordan Liggins, an editor at Mojo. Jordan, what do you want to talk about today? You know, I think we have to talk about trades. I think it's inevitable. Mm. Everyone's talking about it. The trade deadline is coming up. I think that's something we just have to do, right?
0: So that's what we'll do today. We'll both give trades we want to see. And then we'll do some hypothetical trades like coach, GM, owner. And then finally, we're going to take a listener question from Kayla at the end of the show.
1: Just a disclaimer that we are recording this over the weekend.
0: So Jordan, what trade do you want to see?
1: Oh, OK. Something I, I w- to put you on the spot, but I'm putting you on the spot. I know <laughs> one trade that I did come across that I was like, OK, maybe this could work. Is John Collins to Portland? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know the details of what that trade (laughs) would actually look like, but him going to Portland, I think would be fun and something that they need. You know, we've talked about it. Nurkic is not really dependable, he's a little shaky. And and I do really love him and I think he's a good yeah.
0: teammate, but I don't think we can ignore that. That's just a fact. I'm sorry, Portland fans, because I know they, they have a, they are lucky with the players that they have mm-hmm. in terms of like lovability factor. But yes, it is. It is sort of a liability. He has been injured the last couple of seasons. Really devastating injuries, too.
1: Yeah. And I think he would be a great piece. But I have to admit trade talk is not really my thing. Yeah, it's not my favorite. We've talked about this before. That's okay.
0: I mean, it's almost it's a lot of people's thing on Twitter, Mm -hmm. and I don't think that there's ever a lot of patience with any of this. First of all, the trade machine has a bad aura. I don't like her. Something's up there. When people are like, to make the money work, we have to do X, Y, Z. I'm like, that's not my business, right? How John Collins get there? Not- there are people who they've hired. There are finance departments who should work this shit out. That's that's none of our business. And honestly, I think that's totally fine. It's really building patience, et cetera. If you are not, if you do not have the championship in your sights, mm-hmm. or if you are not so devastating, like Washington that you have to tank, there's a whole plethora of middle teams. And I'm like, let it work itself out for a little bit. Yes.
1: And I think it's also that trades and when we talk about pigs and money and, you know, tax brackets, it just reminds me that the NBA is a business. And I think that just doesn't sit well with me. Like sometimes I just want to (laughs) be naive that it's people playing a sport that they love and there's not owners and trade clauses and things like that. So when trade talk comes up, it's like, oh, yeah, this is this is a business. And these are all employees. For me, one of the problems is we don't let
0: players grow up. Mm. And I I think I said this on one of the podcasts we appeared on before, but How much have you changed from 23 to 27? So much.
1: Just how much my responsibility.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Hey, they always look great. They always look every time I'm amazed. I'm like, beautiful again. (laughs) 10 out of 10 again. (laughs) But yes, I and I think if you asked me a, a couple of days ago, because now it's it's definitely something that's sensitive for Raptors fans to talk about a trade that really intrigued me. It is, or it would have been, again, let me be very careful that this is past tense. <laughs> Kyle Lowry to the Sixers. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you why, even, and I still think it's important to talk about, even though the Raptors have said, well, reportedly, but I'm like, they're getting this from the Raptors. We're not trading him. We don't want to trade him. And he said, I want to retire a Raptor. I don't know if, I mean, you could go a couple of places in between and return or like one place in between. Yeah. You know, there's like all kinds of marital agreements where they're like, step out for a little bit and come back. You know, you have a one hall pass. So maybe it's like the same thing because they adore him. And I genuinely adore Raptors fans too. So I think even mentioning his name in a hypothetical trade conversation might be too much. Jamila, maybe you should beep out every time I say Lowry this entire conversation (laughs) And again, it's it's not realistic because they don't want to do it. But bringing him up in that discussion made me realize what it would take to elevate the Sixers to the next level. Mm-hmm. They are, I think, after this season, and they've had particular hiccups that other teams, including the Raptors, have had. You know, injuries, dealing with COVID and everything that that's entailed for other teams. Yeah, I think you can put the Sixers in the conversation I was mentioning earlier where they do have championship aspirations, Mm -hmm. but it's always been something with the Sixers always injury. Joel Embiid injured Ben Simmons injured. Joel Embiid injured again, the threes, they trade for Tobias Harris. All of a sudden he like forgets everything about his game. And then he remembers and that, you know, it's just the threes again. They're just like still their problem, which is uh, partially why I was like Kyle Lowry. That would be great. But he's a point guard who doesn't, you don't sacrifice anything by acquiring him. Mm -hmm. Philly has had too many sacrifices the last couple of years with every player they've had on their roster with a player like Kyle, you know, not on defense. You have a great passer. You have a cutter. You have a guy who can shoot and you have somebody who, who takes responsibility and is also poised and is also aggressive all at the same time, which is to say a veteran. Yeah. And it's not like they've had, they haven't had veterans before, but not at his level. So that's the whole thing where I'm like, I don't think the Sixers are going to be able to take it to the next level without someone like him, especially when you look at what the Bucks have done. But you know who wrote a great thing about why we kind of overreact with trades and it's it can be frustrating sometimes? Our former coworker, Dan Devine of The Ringer. Oh. And I want to read something that he wrote making the case that why are we so pressed to always trade away guys on expiring contracts? Mm-hmm. Because we're like, you have to get something out of them. You know, they could leave after the season. You absolutely have to without acknowledging that they might say, or also acknowledging that the time in between what they can do in between is valuable, mm-hmm. especially with someone like Kyle Lowry. You want that stability on your team. Also, I mean, the Raptors, have had a really bad stint lately, but the East is really competitive this season and it's not entirely like they're out of it. Right. Even though they are lower right now, it's not like they're all the way out of the playoff conversation. So this is Dan quote, this might get me excommunicated from the ranks of basket bloggers who spend an inordinate amount of time dreaming up fake trades and breaking down real ones. But here is a modest proposal. Teams shouldn't trade good and helpful players, even older ones, just because they're about to hit free agency. I completely agree. There are different philosophies that every front office has. And it's kind of odd how fans are taking their personal philosophies and saying, this is what they should do. Sometimes you're just going to frustrate yourself with what the team does. Sam Presti's philosophy is obvious. He's like, let me trade every expiring let me get as much as I possibly can it's not like it's wrong I mean he has 30 over 30 picks it's combined ridiculous
1: how many picks? He has.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he has like the rights to naming first children he has yeah dowries he has, he has literally everything but you but then you take someone like Masai who a couple years ago Pat Riley kind of said the same thing over and over again. It really fascinated me because Pat Riley has gone through phases where he is this very flashy guy who wants Mm -hmm. to trade all the time. Where he was like, let's grow organically. That's why the Raptors did really well the championship year, even though they traded for Kawhi because they had guys around them who they grew organically. (laughs) It's a really long-winded way of me saying like, You guys, please chill out. (laughs) Please relax. (laughs) It's not always a good thing to just bounce around, to have these players bounce around. Consistency is underrated.
1: Yes. And I I love what you said about that, about, you know, having players grow organically, because I think that is one of my biggest pet peeves with trade talk is I would love to celebrate the team that stuck it out with the guys that they have. And then they were successful because they worked with them. They developed them instead of just giving up on them so, so quickly. I think that's, that's my biggest thing is having a team. Okay. Maybe it's not all the right pieces, but we're going to put a program in. We're going to put an offensive scheme and defense scheme that works with this team instead of always trying to level up and, you know, I don't know. Just try to be better, of course. No, and sometimes the – yeah, sometimes
0: the piece isn't the player. Right. I don't think coaches are always given enough time, but like Fred Hoiberg was never going to be able to coach that Bulls team. Never. You know what I mean? Like you have to talk about the philosophies of the coaches too. Yeah. But I completely agree, and it's not even giving up on them – It's giving up on their value, what Mm. they could bring the rest of that year, even if they leave, Mm -hmm. especially these small contracts. Like I know we're talking about Lowry and that's a huge contract, but especially the small contracts. Speaking of philosophy, one of my favorite Tulsa quotes is future love does not exist. Love is a present activity only. Look, future basketball value, (laughs) as we know now, (laughs) I'd rather focus on the present in this particular situation with Kyle Lowry and you really never know it's also a matter of goodwill and I will admit there's certain situations where you kind of know right away yeah uh Dallas <laughs> poor Zingus. question Fucking mark. yikes <laughs> like, <laughs> they got get rid of him if you can I, yeah and you're right the other aggravating thing is that there's so many tiny things to consider like the money and the trade exceptions and I'm like they have hired people. If That's it makes job. your eyes glaze over, you don't have to pretend. <laughs> like you genuinely don't. One of the things when I was thinking about the Sixers, if they could even afford to bring Lowry on, I was like, well, they have Al Horfords
1: mm-hmm.
0: and that you know, you have to go so far into it and
1: trade exceptions are just not even fun to talk about. Do you know the details of that? Because just like you said, my eyes glaze over when I even hear the word trade exception?
0: Like defining it?
1: Yeah. Uh, Yeah.
0: Uh, Jamila, can you put on some like sexy jazz music (laughs) to distract people from how boring this is about to be? (laughs) Okay. Anything sultry, honestly. A trade exception is what allows teams that are over the salary cap to trade for a player or multiple players without having to trade one of their own players, essentially. And there are like tiny caveats with that, but Rights and restrictions apply. (laughs) It's like
1: there's still... (laughs) The fine print. There are
0: like 10 asterisks, and we just don't need to get into them. But basically, that's
1: that's what it is. Okay. Well, that sounded a lot better than just reading it. So thank you for that.
0: Speaking of like the Fred Hoiberg thing, if you could trade something like owners, GMs, what would you do? What's like a fun... Let's just dream a little bit. You know, it's it's airy season. (laughs) Let's get a little feisty. Dream a little bit.
1: Yes, I I would trade owners. One that comes to mind is Michael Jordan and Steve Ballmer. Let's see it happen. (laughs) Anytime you mention the Clippers, (laughs) I'm like, this is sabotage. It is. It is exactly sabotage. That is why I'm doing this. So here's how this is going to go. Steve Ballmer is going to go to Charlotte, and they are the most fun team in the NBA right now. So he's going to have a blast. My favorite thing about watching Clipper game, which is very little. But panning to him (laughs) and seeing how happy he is when they're doing well, I think he would have so much fun rooting for Charlotte. But on the other side of that, it will be MJ completely humbling everyone in the Clippers locker room, going to Paul George and being like, you suck. I am better than you right now. And you're not good. And so I I feel like that is um, what they need. (laughs) And
0: this is actually a really good trade for both sides. No, but seriously, like I know the Hornets deserve somebody who's going to spend money on them. Mm -hmm. Like Kemba Walker is obviously having a season that makes Hornets fans be like, it was good that they didn't want to retain him and spend that money. But it's not always going to be good. And like in the past, it hasn't been good. And the Jordan thing is real. And especially (laughs) since he'd be pitted against the Lakers, I think he would hold resentment against that. I mean, like he'd hold resentment against an Uber Eats driver if they were like a minute late. So yes, everything you're saying is correct. And I do think he could get them all into shape, which is like, maybe we shouldn't wish that verbal abuse on.
1: But But it it, might work. It might work. Doesn't it remind you of the show Wife Swap? Did you ever watch that show? Yeah, it's like that. That's what it reminds me of. If you just wipe swap, wipe swap, MJ and Steve Ballmer, there's always one kid that rebels, which would be Paul George. And then at the end, they have like this kumbaya moment where they're like, "See, I actually do appreciate my current owner a little more." <laughs> well, that would probably only be the Clippers. But have have the. <laughs> wife swaps ever ended
0: in like a literal wife swap? Because I do feel like this one, they might just be like, this is for the best. <laughs>
1: that would be great. No, that's the spinoff show.
0: What I do think we- mine would be yeah, what about you? a GM. Okay. A GM trade. And while I was thinking about that, I was thinking about the Lakers and I would do Sam Presti for Rob Palinka. Mm. What do you think? Okay. Let me explain. Let me explain yeah, myself. Yeah. Every couple years, Sam Presti is like, people are like, oh, he's overrated. And I think now it's switched to like what it was a couple years before that, which is he's underrated. Mm-hmm. Guys, sometimes things are just properly rated. <laughs> this is like another NBA Twitter like problem I have. You don't have to switch every couple minutes. Like sometimes it's just perfectly fine. It reminds me of that 10 uh, things I hate about you quote. Do you know what I'm talking about with Gabrielle Union? Oh, yes. Where she's like. I know you can be overwhelmed and I know you can be underwhelmed, but can you ever just be whelmed? <laughs>
1: but anyway, I think that's to say that you are <laughs> right about being properly rated. Also, side note, Sam Presti has an amazing eyeglass collection. Like he has glasses. He switches them out. They're really great. Just wanted to add that.
0: He idea. looks like uh, one of like the superheroes who's trying to appear like a normal person. Yes.
1: I think it's a good look. <laughs> I think we don't sacrifice yeah. in style when we switch Rob Palenka for Sam Presti. We'll no, but also
0: to make OKC do this. I mean, I don't think it's enough to be like, well, look, they won a championship because they're like, did he contribute to that? Or was that like LeBron and the GM? I think to make <laughs> this enticing enough to OKC, you give them LA's nightlife, mm. not the beaches.
1: Yeah. Just not the, the restaurants.
0: Nightlife. Yeah. Only the clubs. We can keep like the bars. Okay, Yeah. Are you still in a a clubbing phase? No. God, no. (laughs) (laughs) No.
1: (laughs) Just the effort. (laughs) I get tired just thinking of the effort it takes to get ready to go to a club. When's the last time you danced on a table? Never in my life. Never. Oh, my God. All right. Let's go out <laughs> when
0: this is all over. <laughs>
1: you can make one exception. This is I your will, trade for exception you. for
0: being on this <laughs> podcast. So you have to go to a club with me.
1: For you, Haley. I do. It. I do.
0: It. OK. So, yes, we will give the nightlife. Yeah. That's OK. Fair. Well, actually, while while we have been talking about this, our producer, Isabella, sent us one in the
1: chat. I like this one. Isabel was talking about a coaching trade which I love. She says Scott Brooks to Phoenix and Monty Williams to Washington. And I also agree with her point saying that the Suns probably won't do this because Monty Williams is doing a really good job right now. But on the flip side of that, I think Monty Williams would be great for Washington because how he's Bringing the joy back because, you know, that is the, the theme with spinsters. How can we bring the joy back to the game? And I think he does Literally, that. if you
0: want a drinking game while you're listening to this on <laughs> a Tuesday morning, which I'm like, joy. don't do that. But if we say joy, happiness, <laughs> just take a shot. Take Maybe a of shot. water if it's in the morning. But if it's
1: past five, tequila it up, honestly. But it's true. (laughs) It's so true. And she linked the story about how he talked about his coaching philosophy. And it's so sweet. He basically after he got fired before, he called all of his players and had one on one conversations with them and was like, what worked? What didn't work? How was our relationship? What could I have done better? And that just I mean, come on. Can you imagine if that's one cute. of your like exes called you and was like, "You know what? I know we didn't work out, but how can I improve?" That would no. never happen in in any world that They're I blocked. live in. But um, I just think that that's so that's such a great, you know, a coaching philosophy and Washington needs that. They need someone to have one-on-one time with them, uplift them, <laughs> empower them, exes give us just do surveys. <laughs> i would love to send my exes a survey can you please fill out the survey on my strengths and weaknesses and leave weaknesses blank thank you
0: (laughs) yeah i was gonna say don't include weaknesses that's, (laughs) that's not true i okay so maybe maybe the sons could be talked into it because if i had to describe scott brooks in one word it would be nice when I yeah. interviewed him a couple years ago, he was so nice. And like, they were not having a good time at the time. So he, he could have been in a foul mood, but he was not, he's also really patient. But if, if I had to describe him in a third word, it would be reliable. Well, I mean predictable but not necessarily in a bad way, sometimes in a bad way like when Russ went to the Wizards he was like, yeah, no, it's great because I'm going to adjust to the schemes really well because they're the same <laughs> as before when he was my coach and I'm like, oh, things have changed in the league. Maybe yeah. that should change a little bit. But reliability also means holding players accountable regularly. That's something that Russ also brought up when he got traded and he would be honest. And I think the problem right now holding players accountable is like you can only hold like, that's not the
1: problem, right? right. They, they,
0: their roster is not even equipped with like the, in this in, inspirational sports movies, when they have a kid who at the end like hits the winning basket, but he started out being like super quiet. Cause something happened in her, his past and, He has a mullet. You know, I'm like, (laughs) who is that? Who has the mullet (laughs) on the Wizards right now?
1: But that's funny. Actually, it's really interesting that you bring up the Wizards. Because after the break, we have a listener question from our girl Kayla about that same topic.
0: This episode of Spinsters is brought to you by Sonos. The Sonos Move is their premium portable smart speaker for listening all around your home and outdoors. I just got a Sonos Move. I love it so much. I don't know how I lived without it. Neither does my roommate. We take it all the time from my room up to the roof when we want to relax. We take it outside when we're doing gardening. You can take it all around the house. The battery life is wonderful and the sound is super clear. I also don't love clunky technology, but this looks great. I put it right next to my candles and plants and it looks sleek and wonderful. Discover speakers for all around your home and beyond at Sonos.com, including Move and the all-new Roam. This latest portable addition to the Sonos system is smart, lightweight, waterproof, and ready for any adventure. So start yours now at Sonos.com. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit betterhelp.com spin. That's better H-E-L-P and join over the million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash spin.
1: All right. Welcome back. So here is the listener question. Hi, Haley and Jordan. I've loved the Wizards since they were the Bullets, and the only through line has been Heartbreak. No offense to Westbrook, but since John Wall left, Bradley Beal is my only will to live. (laughs) Metaphorically. (laughs) Okay. I know the team can't give him what he needs, but if he gets traded, I don't see a path to ever making the playoffs again in my lifetime. Are we fucked if Brad is traded? Thanks and love the show. Kayla. Mm. I, I think that this is one of
0: those circumstances where to completely contradict myself earlier This is one of the teams on the bottom that a trade would actually help because I think in this circumstance, you have to ask yourself, like, is keeping him making a difference? Could it make a difference in the future? He's doing great. Yeah. And they're still not. So I, and it's hard because it depends on what you get back. Yeah. This is one of those instances where a lot of teams would love to have Bradley Beal. I do think as long as you're smart about it, even maybe if you wait, wait it out, the right deal would come. And really right now it depends on their young guys, Rui, for one, really becoming, fulfilling their entire potential. Yeah. And also like you need other young guys. Who will then also who are not drafted yet who will also fulfill their potential. But if Bradley Beale's like stuck in a dead end job right now. He is. <laughs> Even if the trade on its surface doesn't seem wonderful, there are a lot of examples of A, a trade being kind of inconsequential at the trade deadline. Like this obviously wouldn't be because it's Bradley Beale. Right. But there are like like think about the DeMarcus Cousins trade
1: Ooh. to the Pelicans. That was a big one.
0: Obviously, for reasons we can talk about later, but that did not work out for the Pelicans. But okay, so I collected in anticipation of Kayla's question some real headlines from major sports sites that but I'm not gonna say from where because that feels mean. And if we start calling out other people, then we have to hold like me accountable and that's not okay with me. We just want to be nice. It's fine. Be nice and also save ourselves. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. Or regularly start deleting my tweets. <laughs> okay. Quote, trade grades. Pelicans fleece Kings, land DeMarcus Cousins in Blockbuster. This article gave the Pelicans an A and gave the Kings an F, which again, like doing in wow. the moment feels so rushed. <laughs> okay. So another one. Pelicans pull off DeMarcus Cousins' heist. Okay. Okay. Creative title. (laughs) Um, The Kings got fleeced in the Cousins' trade. Can we talk about fleeced
1: for a second? Like, what is this? The North Pole? I have never never heard that in normal conversation unless it's referring to a jacket.
0: Well, we're not, like, robbing banks. So, (laughs) (laughs) of course, we wouldn't use it. It's just, like, it's kind of egregious when we're doing this but I mean that's a lot okay it's sports I get it we're inspired okay so this would have been different if DeMarcus Cousins didn't get hurt right yes the outcome would have been different but the league was already at that time trending away from two big star duos like if you had two bigs like the league was already trending away from that unless it's like extremely versatile ones and I mean, they both like DeMarcus Cousins did have potential to really add to that offense in that sort of way. But I think it has to be the level of like a big who can also double as a point guard or a guard or a ball handler. Yeah. Plus, DeMarcus Cousins getting hurt has nothing to do with what the Kings got out of it. Yes. It doesn't change that Buddy Heald became really important for the Kings. Really great. He was a 23-year-old rookie or... 24-year-old, I guess, because that that age change thing was... You remember that, right?
1: I think so. I just remember I am from Sacramento. And Sacramento was really happy with DeMarcus Cousins' talent, but they also were not happy with his attitude and what was happening in that locker room. I remember somebody said, or someone in the Kings' front office was saying character matters like that was their reasoning of why they let DeMarcus Cousins go. But Buddy Heald is now the face of their franchise next to De'Aaron Fox, which is also who they they got in that 2017 uh, draft. So I, I just feel like an F grade is so harsh. That is that's that's a lot.
0: Especially when a pick is involved. And yeah. I do just want to go back for a second. And I felt like at the time it was really unfair for for, you know, the rumors out of why of the reasoning to be like attitude. And I mean, of course, you're frustrated. But I will say since like DeMarcus Cousins has there was a police report filed on him by his ex-girlfriend yeah. in 2019 that he threatened to quote, put a bullet in her fucking head, which is not even something I pulled up. It's just has haunted me since because that is so fucked up. So yeah. I, in retrospect, my opinion of that was like that's kind of foul and unfair. And now that's uh definitely changed. Um, but yeah, I mean that pick they got turned into Zach Collins, who of course was flipped yep. on to the Blazers and they like they had traded up. Um so Collins turned into the 15th and 20th picks. Yeah. Justin Jackson and Harry Giles, which I mean, man, but, yeah. but he healed, you know? Yeah. But, but that, huge.
1: <laughs> that's what he kept coming back to. And they got he Tyreek also... Evans, who was having like, when he was a rookie for the Kings, he was everything in Sacramento. You couldn't go anywhere without anyone talking about Tyreek Evans. So he came back and I think that was just more sad for him. He didn't want to come back, but he's a great player. <laughs> like it wasn't just like a scrub. <laughs> It wasn't terrible. That's all I'm saying.
0: I don't know. It's nice to come back to a fan base that loves you. That's true. You know, and like appreciates you, not regardless of where it is. Yeah. I mean, Buddy Hield's great. And then now the rumors were last season that he was like, I'm frustrated. Mm-hmm. I want out. But they also like bench. He was coming off the bench for so long. I just think he's had a sense. Yeah. I don't I don't really think I want a little more respect for Buddy Yield.
1: Yes. So. And while this, you're at are it, my just, final thoughts. Just file, fire Luke Walton. You know, get him out. Fire Luke Walton,
0: <laughs> please. And do not rehire him anywhere. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> That's my forever stance on that. <laughs> what? But Kayla, what we're saying is, don't make an immediate judgment, even if you feel like it's not enough. I think you're never going to feel like it's enough for someone you adore as much as Bradley Beal.
1: Yeah. It, yeah. It's just not the end of the world. It will be okay. Here at Spencer's, that's our motto. Everything will be okay. <laughs> You'll find joy. <laughs>
0: but no, like, wait a couple years, I guess. Yes. Don't read the the trade grades. You never know. You might think, I mean, fleeced, as we know it now, is a wonderful thing. Yeah. It means less like, oh, the, the trade went poorly because it you know, that's proven to not have happened in this particular circumstance. Think of fleece as something that will keep you warm. <laughs> like,
1: a, like a nice hug. <laughs> well, that's our show. Please keep leaving us your fan confessions, irrational opinions, horoscope-based predictions. We love it. Leave it on our voicemail at 502-874-4453 or send us an email at spinsters at bluewirepods.com to be featured on the show.
0: Spinsters is hosted by me, Haley O'Shaughnessy, and Jordan Liggins. This episode was produced by Jordan, Jamila Zora-Williams, Isabel Jocelyn, and Alex Ward. Our production coordinator is Devin Shepherd, and our executive producers are Peter Moses, John Yales, and me. What's up, Haley and Jordy? Oh, my God, I'm hanging up and calling back for that one again.